When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. And I'm going to get into some more takeaways from last night's big victory. was really stoked, so I went ahead and watched the game again this afternoon. I want to get into some takeaways that I maybe didn't dive into on the post-game show. Obviously, with it being right after the game, there's some stuff I'm going to miss. You know, I'm more about the, uh, the emotion of the moment at that point, I would say. And this just kind of gives me an opportunity to get more into the weeds, get into some of the finer details of that victory. A big one, man. CSU needed it. Obviously, we talked about that a lot. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to getting back into it. After that, I'll get into some Mountain West takeaways. I do want to tease uh, in the next couple of days, I'm going to catch up with Joel Canalamessa of RamNation.com. Make sure you keep an eye out for that interview. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I try to get as many voices from the CSU Rams community on here as possible. And Joel, pretty much the CSU OG when it comes to Rams content online. So just keep your eyes out for that one. I'll have some written content coming out over the next 48 hours or so. So keep an eye out for that as well. All kinds of fun stuff. It's it's invigorating when you get to dive into a victory post game and not a, a blowout loss or a heartbreaking loss. And I just think that this program is is turning in the right direction. So I'm looking forward to getting into it. Real quick, do want to shout out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw down five on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there either. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this entire month of September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now. Sign up with the code DNVR. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports winning partner of the NFL with the code DNVR. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 and up, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources 
Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. I also want to talk about our friends at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is fast and easy. It's a great way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. Even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, really anything. With zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that code DNVR for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. So, one of the things that we talked about on the post game show was that this was an impressive victory because they didn't necessarily have their A game. There were moments, especially in that first half, where it felt particularly sluggish. They weren't able to sustain a, a ton of offensive drives. There were moments in that first half where it felt like uh, in the trenches, you know, the Rams were kind of getting worked. MTSU really establishing that run game. I, I talked about it coming in, you know, Vadiato, they run a lot of that read option. If you don't keep him contained, he can make some things happen with his feet. He was able to do that. But one of the things that I didn't talk about was for a road game going out, I do think you need to set the tone pretty early. And, you know, defensively, CSU gets a stop on MTSU's first offensive possession. Five plays, 17 yards, solid. Then after that, you go right down the field, put points on the board with a 13-play, 67-yard drive. Would you prefer to score a touchdown there? Obviously. But all things considered, that's a pretty ideal, or that's a pretty ideal start, excuse me, on the road and... I kind of feel like that moment, along with the fake field goal, those were huge because it allowed you to do just enough to hang in there, especially because while we, you know, kind of talked about why the defense wasn't stellar, at the same time, I mean, they did it at one point force punts on four straight drives after allowing a touchdown and a field goal on MTSU's second and third drives, respectively. That was big, just enough to hang around. That's what CSU did over those first 30 minutes. Now, I will say that allowing a touchdown right before the break, that was disappointing. You know, you very easily could have gone into that break tied, and then there really wouldn't have, have been any bad thoughts, at least in my opinion, considering how the, the offense was not really able to get going over those 30 minutes. You figure you're able to make some adjustments, come out. Instead, you give up what could have been a back-breaking touchdown, but to the credit of this Rams team, they showed some resilience. They come out in the second half, and they get it done. You know what's funny about this game is I was sitting there at halftime, even after giving up that touchdown, I really was pretty confident that the Rams were going to pull this one out. I just, everybody that asked me about the game coming in, I kind of said the same thing. Just essentially, I think it's going to be a dogfight early because I knew that this MTSU team has talent in the trenches. I knew they like to send a lot of pressure. The Rams struggled with that at, at moments, especially early on. Another thing that they adjusted well to as, as they got into the flow of the game. But I just kept saying to myself, this team's different. I really believe that they're different. I think they learned from their mistakes, from what happened in that debacle in Boulder where you basically outplay CU for 98% of the game. And unfortunately, a couple of key moments really came back to bite them in that one. 
Then you go on the road at Middle Tennessee. You're essentially in the exact same position. I mean, you, you punt the ball back and they have an opportunity to, to go down and potentially tie the game. They're down eight, even the, the same difference from the, the game in Boulder. But this time CSU gets the stop. As far as some of the other takeaways from that second half go, producing back-to-back touchdown scoring drives, that was massive, especially because it ate up nearly 10 minutes of possession, and it really felt like that that second half flew by. Uh, the Rams were 5 of 7 on third down in the second half. MTSU was 1 of 5. That was a thing that looked like it could be a thing early on defensively. CSU kind of they kept getting they kept getting MTSU in a third down and allowing them to convert felt very similar to Washington State, and then even late in the game against CU, they settled in as the game went on, and that was really, really big on both sides of the ball. I will say, on third and three from the MTSU 42, on that final CSU offensive possession, they give it to to Van Shield up the gut. Don't love that play call. I have no beef with having Van Shield in the game. I talked about that post-game. I had some questions, you know, why don't we see Damian Henderson there? I think you got to go with the veteran, a guy who's been running with the ones at least in spurts since the spring. Uh, obviously, it's it's been about Kobe Johnson and Avery Morrow, but Van Shield's a guy who's busted his tail. He's earned this opportunity, and I, I just think the spotlight would have been a little bright there for a true freshman with the game on the line. You're, you're kind of asking for it, in my opinion. I do hope we see him get in the mix against Utah Tech, and I, I think there's an opportunity for a lot of different guys to get in the mix against Utah Tech. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, later on in the podcast, but I just, I would have liked to have seen CSU be a a little more aggressive in that situation, kind of play more to win and not to lose. I had some similar complaints at at moments uh, against CU, but that's nitpicking. At the end of the day, it's nitpicking. Would I have put the ball in Braden's hands there? Maybe try and do something quick to Horton or Dallin Holker, who had just been eating up MTSU all night, probably. But you're also just kind of trying to keep the clock moving an incompletion there would put you in a bad spot. So I get the reasoning. I do. I just think given the lack of success they had on the ground and their top two backs being out, I probably would have liked to have had it in Braden's hands there. But again, it's nitpicking. Ultimately, the offensive execution was exactly what it needed to be. And when the game was there for the taking, when it was on the line in the second half, this group did what they were able to do in executing on third down, keeping the chains moving. That was big. Braden Fowler, Nicolosi being decisive with the football, getting it into Dallin Holker's hands consistently, into Torrey Horton's hands. That was huge. I thought both touchdown passes were really encouraging. One, because it's capping off long drives that ate off a a lot of clock and you're ending with six. But also, you know, on the first touchdown, BFN, he looks for the quick read to Dallin on one side. He's not there, doesn't panic, progresses through his his reads, finds Torrey Horton on the checkdown, who's wide open for some reason. Uh, Brian Ross said it on the broadcast. I don't know how you leave that guy open, um, but really good decision-making. Then on that second touchdown throw, and that drive was crucial, man. I mean, 13 plays ate up a, a ton of time, close to seven minutes on the clock, I believe. And even though you unfortunately couldn't really see a, a great angle of it due to the shaky broadcast, which was just terrible, absolutely terrible, embarrassing stuff from ESPN. It was a perfect throw from Braden, though. He put it where only Tori could get it. Tori obviously caps off the play with a, a gorgeous one-handed grab, but just really nice touch from, from Braden on that throw. And I wish that the TV broadcasts would have better captured that. Just perfect execution from BFN. And 
I'm really looking forward to seeing this offense grow. Uh, less than 20 seconds later, 15 seconds to be exact, Mo Kamara gets the five-yard fumble return after newer Gatkuk just completely blows up the reverse attempt from MTSU. Why they went to that play in that instance, I don't know. That felt like a, a panic move to me. Maybe them trying to do a little bit too much. Or I guess you're just trying to catch CSU off guard, but the Rams were really disciplined in that second half. They tackled well. The defensive line got much better traction. I do think Mo Kamara being back out there is is huge. But you really got to credit that entire unit for adjusting. After allowing 4.2 yards per carry over the first half, they cut it down to 2.6 yards per carry in the second half. As I said earlier, the Rams were much better on third down, held MTSU to one of six in that second half, just 17%. They did convert two of four fourth down attempts. But ultimately just a much better job of, of getting off the field. Offensively, CSU, after averaging only 4.2 yards per play in that first half, they averaged 7.7 yards per play in the second half, nearly doubled it up. Uh, MTSU, after averaging 6 yards a play in the first half, CSU cut that down to 3.9 yards. It's really just both sides of the football. The Rams flipped a switch in this one. As far as the final thoughts on this one go, the defense, I think, has flashed in spurts throughout non-conference play. They've definitely given up more points than I expected. There have been some missed tackles here and there, obviously some big plays allowed that have come back to bite the Rams, admittedly not as consistent as I expected. I do think they've played two great quarterbacks and one good one, though. I would like to see them play a complete game and really flex their talent, and I think this upcoming matchup against Utah Tech is a a good chance, though they, they have been able to put some points on the board. And as we all know, FCS games have been a horror show for the Rams in recent years. But I just want to see them continue to take care of business. That's what they did in this one. I thought this was a test of CSU's mentality, of their resilience. I said a couple of times on yeah, the live postgame show that I genuinely believe nine times out of ten over the last decade, this is a game that the Rams find a way to lose. Instead, they find a way to win it, and it feels like that winning culture is, is starting to take hold for CSU. Now, it's one win. You don't want to get too overreactionary. I do think this is a program that's very respectable. They've been in the postseason far more times than they haven't over the, the last decade. They've had one of the longest tenured coaches in the FBS, and that's that's big from a continuity standpoint. And I just think that for the Rams to go into their building – to beat a team like that after not having your A game early on and after suffering such an emotional letdown, such a gut-wrenching defeat at Boulder, it speaks to the, the toughness of this team and the mentality that they have. And frankly, while it would have been cool to to beat CU to start the season 2-1, and one, don't get me wrong, like having it be right there and, and slip away, a little piece of me died that night. It, it really did. But... At the same time, all of your goals are still on the table and you can take this win and you can build off of it. You know, you have an opportunity coming up against Utah Tech, hopefully an opportunity to roll. I'll never overlook an FCS team after what I've seen in, in recent years, but it's a very winnable game. Then you go on the road for a pivotal game at Utah State. I said it before the season that the trips to Middle Tennessee State the trips to Logan and the trips to Vegas. I think those are swing games for your season. You've got a really tough home slate. You hope to have some success at home and win some of these tough games, especially because Boise State, San Diego State, they don't look quite as 
as dominant as they've been in years past. Wyoming Air Force, always going to be tough games. But everything is on the table for this squad. And I think they have as much talent, if not more, than every team in the Mountain West. I, w- I want to put the respect on Fresno State and Air Force and, and Wyoming that they deserve. They've all had great starts and are, are really taking care of business here. But the Mountain West just feels very wide open to me. And to me, this was an encouraging win at Middle Tennessee State against talent that's comparable to, you know, bowl eligible team in the Mountain West. And if you can win that type of game, you know, you just want to see that continue to to carry over, to win the games that you should win. Because far too often in the last decade, that's the type of game that CSU has lost. I do think that CSU is going to make the the postseason for the first time since 2017. I think they're going to be a bowl team. I think that should be the expectation for this Rams team based on the talent that we've seen, based on you know the offense finally getting it together here, the fact that they finally have a quarterback. I do think they should be expected to go to a bowl game and hopefully win a bowl game. It's been a decade since we've seen them win one. You had that brutal stretch there from 2015 through 2017 where you just lose three of the dumbest games of all time, that bowl against Nevada, then the ice bowl debacle in Boise, and a New Mexico bowl after a team, frankly, underachieved in 2017 and nobody wanted to be there. It'd be much different this time around if you made a bowl. I think there would be excitement. I think it's fine to hope for higher than 6-6, six and six, but at the same time, any type of postseason appearance should be viewed as a success, at least in my opinion. I've seen, you know, a lot of takeaways that this team should win the Mountain West Championship, but they should be in the mix. They certainly should because they have top-end talent, but we got to take it one game at a time. We don't want to get too far out in front of our skis here. Things are looking up, though. Things are looking up, especially in a wonky and always fun Mountain West Conference, which we're going to get into here in a sec, some takeaways from around the league. Do want to shout out our friends at FOCO. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have some of the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Baseball season's coming to an end, but you know, maybe you hit up a sale on an Aloha shirt or a straw hat, get prepared for next spring. They've hooked us up with countless set decorations. They always have our back for Colorado sports, and I promise you FOCO will have your back too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code DNVR for 10% off your order. I also want to talk to you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. Right now, the beer of the month is the Breck Mountain Beach Sour, which is one of my personal favorites. They just nailed it. It's not too sweet. It's not too sour. It's the perfect amount of tartness, the perfect amount of refreshing. You can drink it by yourself. You could drink it or by itself, you can drink it by yourself. I recommend drinking with friends. Always much more fun, but it pairs with a burger. It's really just a versatile sour, one of the best on the market. If you'd like to try it, check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. I'm telling you, nobody does it better than Breckenridge Brewery. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Made with 100% renewable energy. You gotta love that. We, I just, I, I can't say enough good things about Breck. Check it out. You will love it. Finally, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company, but they make a world-class product and it's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. 
durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. I brought my Shady Rays everywhere all summer long and cannot give them enough of an endorsement. You know, some sunglasses, they're a little too dark. Shady Rays are perfect because I have really sensitive eyes and they, they take the glare out. They make it comfortable for me, but they don't make it feel like I'm walking in a cave or a movie theater or something like that. Uh, if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they always have your back. You can always return them for free within 30 days or exchange for a new pair. Again, they always have your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into some Mountain West action. Of course, we always dive into my thoughts on the Mountain West on DNVR Rams Live every Thursday morning, 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time, DNVR Sports YouTube. Check that out this Thursday if you don't watch it. Of course, I'll always put the audio right here in your podcast feed as well. So for those of you that just want to listen like you always have over the years, no sweat. You know, I always got your back. Uh, starting with the games Friday night, Boise State's defense is down. I mean, San Diego State, I've talked about it a lot. I do not have a lot of faith in Maiden as a passer. And the fact that San Diego State was able to move the ball, particularly through the air, the way that they were against Boise State, it's eye-opening. I mean, I, I really think that the Broncos are still going to be a tough team to beat. I think that Taylor Green is a really good athlete. I think he's shown growth in the pocket and just not, you know, always immediately rolling out when the when he doesn't need to, you know, when he has time to trust it. That said, um, outside of Gianti and, you know, Halani when he's healthy, offensively at the skill positions, I mean, McAllister is really solid, I guess, but the receivers do not jump off the screen for Boise State. And it's very similar when you're watching their secondary. Usually they just have guys that are flying around out there. And this team is is just not quite as solid as it used to be. That doesn't mean they're not going to be a good team. They're still going to be in the mix for Mountain West Championship. I firmly believe that. But at the same time, they just they don't feel quite as daunting as they used to. And I view those home games against Boise State and San Diego State as a lot more winnable than I did coming in in the preseason. I would have said San Diego State was was definitely winnable. And I mean, even Boise on homecoming, given the atmosphere, I mean, with all the talent CSU has, I've been optimistic from the get go. I'm just saying I feel really good going into those games in a way that I have not in a long time. Uh, that said, coming into the year, I did not think Air Force would be this solid, and it, frankly, it was dumb. I mean, when they're that established in the trenches, you can just plug and play everywhere else. But, I mean, Hazik Daniels, Brad Roberts, those are guys that had been really solid for, for Air Force for multiple years, some of the most productive rushers in the country. And, of course, John Lee Eldridge just steps in, doesn't skip a beat. Air Force, they're down at halftime. You're thinking, oh, man, is, is this going to be – one of those typical wonky losses. It's every year they have a dumb loss or two that keeps them out of the Mountain West Championship game. You thought this one might be in it, but they just come out in the second half and really pound it down San Jose State's throat. That defense is just not what it was over the last couple of years. When you lose that many pieces in the front seven, that's what's going to happen. Uh, San Jose State, I, I still think they're a talented team. I think they're going to get somebody at some point who has, you know, high aspirations, you know, whether that's Fresno State or 
San Diego State somebody. Like I do think they will pull an upset at at some point this year. But tough start, tough start, especially for all the love that I gave and you know everybody gave Chevin Cordero. He was the preseason offensive player of the year for a reason. By the way, I did vote for Horton uh, with my official vote just because I had some questions about San Jose State surviving this gauntlet of a schedule, and that has has proven to be a big factor. Tory Horton, if he keeps it up, keep an eye out. That's all I'm saying. Keep an eye out. Feel pretty good about that one. Uh, don't know if CSU is going to beat two out of three local rivals, like I said in the preseason, but anything's on the table. I think with what CSU can put on the on the field offensively, you know they're going to be able to push anybody that they play in this league. Uh, Wyoming won a thriller against App State, blocked a field goal, returned it for a game-winning touchdown. Their defense is nasty. You knew that. I still have major questions about their offense. They kind of showed out against Texas Tech really since that game. They, they've come back down to life, and it's not shocking. I, I think I even said after the game, as, as hyped as I was for Wyoming, you know, you don't want to get just too overreactionary either way. And CSU and Wyoming, their week one showings are a perfect example of that. How Wyoming continues to gut it out. Their defense is always going to keep them in it. I just wonder if they're going to be able to outscore some of these other teams, and frankly, if, if they're playing from behind, are they going to be able to, to pull it out again? They've done it a couple times, so I mean, to, to doubt them is probably not super smart, but at the same time, I just I don't know how sustainable what they're currently doing is. I basically feel the exact same about Wyoming as I did in the preseason, and that's that their defensive line is the best in the conference probably, although CSU and Air Force would certainly love to be in that conversation as well. Their front seven, though, just absolutely stacked with talent. You knew they were going to be tough. You knew they were going to run the ball. Is Peasley going to be able to outduel a Braden Fowler, Nicolosi in a shootout? I don't know. I don't know. And I guess we shall see. That's my big question mark for Wyoming. Will their offense, you know, hold them back? Do they have a ceiling, which they seemingly had around seven, eight wins over the last couple of years because they weren't able to, to score enough in some of those big games? Um, I have the utmost respect for Craig Bull as a coach. I think it's fun when Wyoming and CSU are both competitive, and I'd like to see a border war with some serious Mountain West championship implication for the first time since 2017. That'd be awesome. Uh, but again, I, I still just have some questions about that offense. They're definitely going to be a bowl team. They're going to be in the mix. Are they a championship-level team, though? I think we'll find out a lot about them and CSU and Air Force and all these teams over the next month. This Mountain West, it's... It's going to be tough for everyone because you're seeing it. I mean, New Mexico, they're they're up from where they've been. They go out on the road and beat UMass. Huge road win for the Lobos. I know that's not super sexy, but that's not the type of win UNM would have won or pulled out over the last decade. Uh, Dylan Hopkins, the UAB transfer, has been really solid for them. One of the better quarterbacks in the conference, I would say. I'm really happy for them. I, I'm genuinely rooting for the Lobos, and that's not me trying to be demeaning. I understand that CSU has the win streak against them and all that. It's just... It's kind of a school I have a soft spot for. I like Albuquerque. I think that Danny Gonzalez is a really good guy. I've enjoyed my interactions with him. And I think back to those early 2000s, you know, late 90s matchups when that game had a lot of stakes. And I just think it's cool when you have interest in, in regional college football. So I think it would be really fun for New Mexico to potentially get to a bowl game. Though if they do, I wonder if then the Rams couldn't get the New Mexico bowl. If they're they're more successful than that, and they're able to get in something bigger. Hell yeah. But anyways, I'm thinking out loud. Uh, Hawaii grinds one out. They come back from behind to beat New Mexico State. Not a great win, but 
not a slouch either. I mean, New Mexico State, they're always tough. They did beat New Mexico big for UNM and Hawaii. Timmy Chang, Danny Gonzalez, both both guys that I'm rooting for. I'll say that. Uh, UNLV might be for real. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Offensively, they've been kind of all over the place, but they're really starting to pull it together. That game in Vegas, I think, is going to be huge. And uh, lastly, Nevada, they... (laughs) They might be the worst team in the FBS. I mean, I'm, I know that I'm not popular in Reno anyways, and I get it. I don't care. But, I mean, you're up 17-0 at Texas State. You have an opportunity to end the losing streak, and you end up losing 35-24. They've lost 14 straight games going back to last year. They don't really get a break from here. They've got a rivalry game against UNLV coming up. They've got to play some top teams, you know, Fresno State. I just, I don't know. I, I personally hope that they've won a game before they they come to Fort Collins in November, because you already know that they're going to be amped. Ken Wilson's a dork. You know, he really hates Jay Norvell. He's going to get them all amped for it. Um, And if they haven't won a game, I think that game could get especially chippy because they just have nothing to lose. I'm not sure they're going to be favored at any point in conference play, though. I I really think 0-12 is a realistic possibility. All right, that's all I've got for you guys today. Shout out to everybody for continuing to support the content. We'll have more live shows this week. I will have more podcasts. If you have any suggestions about somebody you'd like to have me interview on here, always you know shout me out. Always down to give the people what they want. But uh, again, just really, really appreciate all the support you guys continue to give. Hope everybody's enjoying their fall. Hope everybody still walking tall after that big CSU Rams victory. This is a program that is heading in the right direction. I, I feel it. I genuinely do. It feels like when Mac was here, it feels like, you know, the second year of the, the Nico Medved tenure, if you want to compare it to hoops, it's just they're close. They really are close, and they have the talent. They just need to kick the freaking door down now. And I think they have a really nice opportunity here over these next couple of weeks to get some positive momentum rolling, to get some wins in the column, and to just – Get the vibes to a place where they haven't been in a long time. I mean, how cool would it be to pick up your third win in, you know, early October compared to, you know, November where it's been these last couple of years. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this Rams team competes. I think Utah Tech deceptively another important test for this team. And then obviously a a pivotal trip against Utah State, a defense that they're giving up 38 points a game, I think, or 34 points a game, something like that. Um they're explosive and that matchup has always been really wonky going all the way back to like 2012. That game just always seems to be tight and weird things happen. I will always respect Utah state as a program. It's a hostile atmosphere. The sidelines tight like boulders. So the, the students can, you know, really yell at players and all that. It's, it really is a fun place to, to see a game. If you have an opportunity to get out there, it's got a gorgeous backdrop, but an opportunity for the Rams to, to get some wins rolling here. And I'm, Looking forward to see if they can take advantage of it. Much love, y'all. Go Rams. Proud to be. What would you say if I told you I'd be the greatest MC that there ever was? What would you say if I told you that I could take a bunch of kids from the bottom and bring them to number one? And what would you say if I told you a nobody in the Brock and Buzz sold out crowd? Damn, that shit is crazy. You probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on now.